Okay, you've got 60 seconds to plan the perfect night. Are you mixing up bullet bourbon old fashions by the fire? Sipping kettle one martinis at a house party? Or toasting Don Julio Reposado while planning a tropical vow renewal for your dogs? The answer is yes. Because with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery, you can find the right drink for any occasion. Sending a gift to family, friends, or coworkers, hosting an ugly sweater party, restocking your bar, you name it and you can find the drinks for it on Drizzly. Then get them delivered to your or their door. Not sure what to get? Build your own gift registry to get the gifts you want or take a guided gifting quiz to make sure everyone on your list gets what they want. So, what's it gonna be? Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com to choose your drinks today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Welcome into The Verge, a show which covers the Baltimore Orioles minor leagues. The Verge is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. On Twitter. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A lets us be more creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Welcome to On The Verge. This is Zach Spedden joined by Bob Phelan. Our co-host Nick Stevens is out tonight, but Bob and I are happy to welcome a guest onto the show in tonight's episode and Tim D. John. We will get to Tim in just a moment, but first, uh, as we use the top of every episode, we want to shout out a few new members of our Patreon community. You can join our Patreon community for exclusive bonus content for as little as $3 a month. Uh, and our new members this week are Tulsi Condenzio, Williamson, William Anstet, and Brian McClanahan, all of which signed up at the AA level. So thank you to our three new Patreon members for their support. And I'll introduce tonight's guest now. He is a coach in the Baltimore Orioles farm system who most recently spent the 2022 campaign with the AA Bowie Bay Sox as the fundamentals coach. Uh, we've had him on the show before. We really enjoyed our conversation with him last year, and we're happy to welcome him back. He is Tim Design. Tim, uh, good to have you back on the show. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, I had I had fun with you guys last year, and you guys asked some some tough questions and some fun questions. And uh, like I was talking to you guys before we got on the air, it's a great opportunity to talk about our organization and 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 the players in the organization. And anytime I have that opportunity, I want to jump on it. We always appreciate hearing your insight. And you know, twenty twenty two was a big year for you, making the Double A buoy, and you had a chance to work with. A lot of great prospects who were there, and it was a fun team because after a slow start, the Bay Sox rallied towards the end of the season and nearly make the playoffs. So what were your takeaways from the 2022 season? Whew. Uh, man, I, there was so many times that uh, during the season I would talk with our manager, Kyle Moore. Shout out to Camo. That's my dog. You guys need to get him on here. Uh, and you – talk about the different players that we had over the course of the season and not even just in the infield but even if we just talk about the infield I don't know if I'll ever coach that many good players in one season again in my career uh it, it was incredible and then you add you know the the rest of the team and man we, it, it was it was pretty incredible the guys that, that we had that we got to go and work with at, at the ballpark every single day um Huge year, uh, learned a lot, uh, being at the double A level, got to see a different level of baseball than I have in the past. Uh, 
probably one of the best years of my career, you know, uh, since the beginning. And uh, that's that has a lot to do with the coaching staff that was there and, and the environment that we had. And, you know, we can talk about the players all day and really, really big year. Yeah, that's awesome. We had a lot of fun watching it, too. And and actually, just this organization as a whole, when it comes to the infield especially, it's so loaded with and deep with incredibly talented players and prospects. And we were actually on our patron WhatsApp group talking about where are these guys all going to play when, when they reach the majors. And that made me think, how, how important is versatility and positional flexibility as an organization versus committing players to one position and then letting them try to master it? Or is it case-by-case uh, evaluation? Uh, to be honest, we I, I like versatility a lot. Um, I know the organization does. Um, you know, they, they kind of let me know, like, hey, make sure these guys get different work at different positions. And I think that the players know. <laughs> you know, there can only be one shortstop in the big leagues, only one third baseman, you know, only one second baseman. So they try to put as many tools in their toolbox as they can. And if they ever are needed to go play second base or third, third base, it's not the first time that they've done it. Um, and, and I think that's very important, especially in our organization, because like you said, we're so infield heavy. Um, and I think they like that challenge too. You know, I, I think that they like being fully prepared to go play wherever. And, and if you ask any one of those guys, they don't care. You know, they just want to help the organization and, and they want to get to the big leagues. And uh, my job is just to prepare them as best that they can for whenever they get the call, they're ready for it. You've had a chance to work with Gunnar Henderson a lot over the last few years. And when we were on, when you were on our show last year, you talked about Gunnar quite a bit. And that was before he had this big 2022 season that makes him, you know, sees him make the major leagues. And just kind of give us a perspective first off as someone who's worked with Gunnar for a few years and what the growth and the strides that he made in the past year. And then at what point in 2022 did you know that he was going to have a special season? Man, I, when I first got to spring training in uh, 2020, that was my first year with the org. And I, I really, I didn't know too much about many players. I, I heard his name and saw him and I, he, he looked like a high school kid, you know, like he, he, he did some things that were special, but as far as like his physical body, he looked kind of like a high school kid. And the growth over the last couple of years has just been tremendous. I mean, you look at him now and he's a man. <laughs> he's a he's a big boy. He's strong. He's thick. Um, he his work ethic is is always been unmatched. You know, he, he pushes it. Uh, but he came to spring training and and we always we're always trying to level up his defense and he came to spring training and I was like, man, he, he looks pretty good. You know, one of the biggest things that we worked on is his throwing and throwing accuracy. And we made some, some different adjustments over the years and he kind of came into spring training and pieced it all together. And I was like, okay. And you know, you never know how a guy's going to perform at the double a level. And man, he, <laughs> he, he got off to a hot start and he never cooled down. And it, it, there wasn't really a point where I was like, man, this is going to be a special season because it was special at the double A level from the get go. And he was just, I remember we faced Espino uh, and he struck out like the first 11 batters of the game and Gunner came up and Espino hadn't thrown a, a breaking ball the whole game and he threw him a breaking ball and, he might have hit it 400 feet for a home run, and I was like, "Man, like that's that's arguably one of the the best pitchers in minor league baseball." And he just handled that well, and uh, you saw him start to just become a professional over the years. You know, not just a kid anymore, just a professional baseball player. And uh, I can't say enough about that kid. Yeah, I don't know. I've been following this minor league system for at least 20, 25 years. And I don't know if I've ever seen anyone make so much growth, such a jump from one season to the next as Gunner did this year. And not just at the play, like you said, in the field, he was just noticeably better getting to more balls, 
not letting them get under his glove. And like you said, the accuracy on his throws. Um, is that a typical level of growth that we should expect from these minor leaguers year to year? I mean, I, I hope. <laughs> I hope I, I, I'm going to uh, to do my best, at least on the defensive part, to, to make that happen. Um, I definitely stay away from the offensive side unless it's coaching first base. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think that the, the standard has kind of been set and the expectations have, have kind of been set in this organization as far as, you know, let's push. Let's see how, how good we could be. And, you know, none of those guys are ever complacent. I can tell you from working with all of them firsthand, they're, they're always what's next. And, and I'm always trying to find different ways to challenge them as a, as a group, trying to challenge them individual, uh, individually. And yeah, I, I, I hope, I hope not to let you guys down. And, and, uh, yeah, I hope that all the guys make jumps like that. Um, and, and to be honest, I think a lot of guys did this year. Um, and it's something I'm definitely proud about and something that, that, that they're excited about as well. Yeah, I can't wait for the 2023 season to get started. But uh, last time you were on, you gave probably the highest praise a coach could ever give to a player. And you said that if you have a son one day, you hope he's he's like Jordan <laughs> Westberg. Can you talk about where he is in his development? And as he graduates to the majors in 2023, who are you going to adopt next? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Westy. Westy's my guy. Uh, I love Westy. Uh, went to his wedding uh, early December. Um I mean, he just continues to refine himself. You know, he's just, he's polishing himself every single day. And I'm excited to see what 2023 brings for him. Um, I mean, he just, he's another guy that you just call a pro. He's a pro in his approach. He's a gamer. He has that grit to him. Um, you could push him and challenge him. And he always wants more. He just wants to get better. Uh, a guy, <laughs> my new adoption, um, man, there's a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot that I can pick. I, I could tell you that my relationship this past season, uh, with, with three players really, uh, kind of elevated a lot. Um, Joey Ortiz, uh, we, I mean, he's always been arguably our top defender, uh, in the organization and, he started off the season uh, struggling at the plate a little bit. And I told him, I said, hey, I, I understand, but we need to continue to make your defense better. We need to make you a major league defender. And we unlocked some things and started working on some things. And he just became unbelievable and never quit on him. Our whole staff in double A never quit on him. You know, even when he was struggling, he wound out, he, he wind up having an unbelievable year. And we had some really deep conversations, and especially when he got called up to AAA. Uh, so that that's a relationship that has grown. Uh, another one's Connor Norby. Um, you know, I was from the first day I met him, I was always really, really critical of his defense and straight to his face. And when he got to AA, we just got to work and our relationship has grown tremendously as well. A guy that, that, that I'm excited to see him continually get better defensively and Cesar Prieto, uh, man, I, I, I love that kid. I mean, he's, he's so much fun. He's fun to be around. He likes working. Uh, he'll do anything that you ask and he brings such a, good energy to the field and the clubhouse every day. He's so appreciative of the opportunity and he works hard and uh, he's such a good kid. Um, he, he, he'll FaceTime me once a week <laughs> and we have a link, we have a language barrier, but I swear I know what he's saying and he knows what I'm saying to him. And uh, I, I love, I love all our guys, you know, um, I'm excited to uh, also to get to work with Mayo and Hernandez a little bit more. They kind of came up near the end of the season. Uh, younger guys, but you know, guys that I'm also very tough on. But um, I, they do some things that you get excited about, but you know, there's more work to do, and they're kind of part of that next group. Um, yeah, I just probably named half the infielders in the org, <laughs> but but that's that's telling the truth. 
Well, That's there are all good choices, and Hernandez is a guy we did want to talk about tonight. He's finally starting to get some love nationally after really breaking out over three levels last year. As you mentioned, you didn't get a chance to work with him until late in the season, but mm-hmm. based off of what you were seeing from reports and what you saw in a little bit of time at Bowie, what allowed him to be so successful last year, and what specifically will he need to work on in 2023 to adjust the double I? Um, I mean, I, I think in my opinion, from what I've seen, I've never been at the AAA level, but there's just a big jump between high A and double A all around. The game's just a lot, lot faster. Um, so I, I think that adjusting to the pitching right off the bat, that's always, that's always probably the number one thing. Um, defensively, we're going to work on some more throwing accuracy things with him. We're going to work on his angles, uh, to the baseball. And we're going to work on really implementing a lot more one-handed play with him. Um, and he was starting to get it near the end of the year. And, and at the same time, near the end of the year, you don't want to make too, too many adjustments. You know, you kind of want to let him settle in a little bit and, and see what that double A level's like. But uh, he's very receptive. And I know that he was on here and he said that I'm very hard on him. And it's true. Uh, but it's obviously all out of love. And uh I think, and you forget, I mean, he's only, he's only 21, you know? Uh, so there's, there's still a lot of, of, of room for growth and time and, and he's going to be exciting to work with. Uh, oh, geez. We know he has a big arm, but what is the scouting report on Kobe Mayo's defense at third base? I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, in the, in the media is eventually moving to a corner outfield or first base DH type, but I don't know. That arm's pretty special. It's, it's extremely special. I mean, it, it's, it's the biggest arm I've worked with in all of my career. And um, he was a guy that was kind of throwing more over the top. And with that big arm and that big body, it was sometimes difficult to corral. Uh, and we, we really, really worked on some things. We were messing around with the football a little bit and, and kind of changing his body posture a little bit when he throws and, and again, right near the end of the season, I think we were in Akron. He made like nine or ten plays in a row, and he was throwing the ball across the diamond. First baseman didn't move his glove. Um, I, I don't, I don't read reports too much. You know, I don't, I don't really care what they say. You know, I'm going to do everything I can to work with that kid and give him everything I have to keep him in the in the infield. And if he gets moved to the outfield. He gets moved to the outfield, but I, I again, a young kid, he, he's, he's, he's learning different movement patterns right now in the infield and uh, he loves it. And he, he doesn't get frustrated. I feel like I was more frustrated sometimes than he is, you know, and, and I love that. And he, he had a game where he made a couple errors and he came to the field the next day and it was like, it never happened. And I just love that energy and love that enthusiasm. And he's a very confident guy, uh, but humble at the same time. Um, I don't care what any reports say. I'm going to try to keep him at third as, as long as possible. And uh, but he's another guy. He doesn't he doesn't care where he plays. He just wants to help the organization and get to the big leagues. What about the scouting report on his shoe game, though? It's not bad. It's okay. It's not bad. Um, I, I think they know when they get to double A, they better, they better step it up a little bit. Um, but another thing that we had this year, speaking of the shoe game is, uh, and I, I love Kyle Moore for this, uh, kind of an old school guy, uh, you know, just want the team issue everything. And we had a vote and at the beginning of the season in Bowie and the team voted, Basically, you can wear whatever you want at any time on your feet. I had nothing to do with it. I did not <laughs> pressure any guys. I had nothing to do with it. Uh, and for the most part, guys stuck to it. You know, they didn't get too crazy. A little bit in pregame. But uh, even Camo started, started getting into it and, and wearing some uh, some sneakers that had a little neon flare to them. Uh, so that, that – that was really cool of him to do that. And, and uh, I think the team handled it the right way and it's fun. It makes, it just makes it a, a little added, you know, aspect of fun to the, to go into the park every day. 
Did anyone surpass D.L. Hall's sneaker game this season? Ooh. No. <laughs> no. DL's DL's kind of got it. Uh, I no. Nah, I don't think 20, so. So on a twenty eighty scale, his sneakers are the eighty. Yeah, they're the eighty. For our org, they're the eighty. Hundred percent. Yep. No doubt. I like I like Anthony Santander's uh, orange cleats too at the major league level. Yeah, I do like those. Uh, 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 somebody else on the team had them. I forgot who it was. Um, I forget. But yeah, I, I yeah. like that bright orange. I do. I, I I'm not going to say no to any of it. <laughs> yeah, you know where I stand on that. <laughs> So you talked a little bit about Connor Norby earlier and some of the conversations you've had with him and some of the ways you've worked with him on his defense. Um, and we watched the bat takeoff, especially at Bowie and Norfolk last season. Um, what does he do well in the field and what are the sort of things you work on with him to continue his development? The things that he does well in the field is he works hard at everything that he does. And we kind of talk about there's no such thing as a non-routine play. They're all routine. And he's this year, he just getting into a good fundamental position uh, on routine ground balls. He's gotten 10 times better at that. Um, his throwing accuracy, as far as where he lines up to throw, how he positions his body when he throws just to first base, he's in tr he's improved tremendously. Um, I think the most notable thing about him is his approach to defense you know uh he takes it very seriously and he takes it very personal and every single day when it was time to work on defense he he just said hey um, i'm at your disposal whatever we want to, whatever you want to do today let's do it and never really took a rep off really bought into what we were doing and kind of influenced uh, guys like mayo and hernays when they got to double a kind of uh started to be an influence on them as far as how to approach daily defense and things like that and um some of the things we're going to work on is again his angles to the ball uh his first step uh increasing his range you know uh, and i think he's done a tremendous job of it um and i think that comes with a lot of confidence too you know wanting to get to more balls and he's a gamer he's a grinder uh he could play and uh, he's another guy that I'm excited about. You know, I, I think that uh, I think this season is going to be a big one for him. And Joey Ortiz, who is a big time personal favorite of ours, and we can't watch, we can't wait to watch him play defense at the major league level in 2023. How much fun are Orioles fans in for when that happens? And I know you're not the offense guy, but do you think he can continue the to hit the way he did in that second half? I mean, it was unbelievable. I do. Uh, I. I believe in Joey Ortiz. I believe in Joey Ortiz in every aspect of the game. Um, he he's, I mean, I feel like I'm repeating myself about the about how guys are, but I mean, he's as top notch as they come, and he's hungry and he's confident, but he's humble. Um, you know, he has a lot of faith in God, and and he uh, his faith is very important to him, and and he believes and. You know, he, he wants to get up there and he wants to, to prove that he belongs. Um, he has great bat speed. You know, he made some adjustments that, that, that changed his second half of the year. Um, defensively, he's a wizard. I mean, we, I started to have to get a little creative as far as how to challenge him in practice. And there were some times where, you know, we'd be working on, on double play feeds. And I just told him, hey, no matter where I hit the ball in practice, just feed it to second base. And he was in like shallow left and kind of dropped his arm angle and threw a missile to the second base in practice. And I was like, man, like I'm, I'm pushing this a little far. Like this is start, like that's not realistic. And I swear to God, a week later, he turned a double play in the game and it was the guy didn't even slide at second base because he didn't think he was going to go to second base. He was going to throw across the diamond and it was unbelievable. Uh, he does some fun stuff with the glove and he's, he's the originator of there's no such thing as non-routine. Every ball that you hit me, we're making the player. I'm going to find a way to make the play. I don't care if the ball is in center field. I'm going to, 
you know, field the ball and backhand flip it to second base. I mean, he just does some special things, and he really started embracing the one-handed play and cutting his angles down. And, I mean, he'll, he'll take some routine ground balls, and he'll field them almost on the infield grass, and he makes those throws over to first base very easy. Um, uh, oh, man, he, he – He's, he's he's exciting, he's explosive, he plays hard, he cares. Um, he became such a clubhouse leader. And and I remember specifically when he got called up to AAA, the entire clubhouse waited for him. And they waited for him and it was he he took a while we took a while to get him into the the coach's office to tell him. And he was in there for a while because we were you know, sharing some uh, some cool moments and, and, and good talks together. And then he walked out of the locker or the coach's office into the locker room and everybody stayed and they just went crazy for him. And that just kind of speaks to his character and, and how he is in the locker room. And he's a leader and, you know, arguably the best defender that we have and worked like he was the worst. And I think that also was a big impact on the culture and environment that we had in Bowie because everyone always said, well, if that guy's working like that, then I better work too. And I loved it. And, um, again, I, I'm repeating myself, but I, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, that is so cool to hear. Safe to say he can play uh, Major League shortstop second and yes. third? Third, I would – I would say it would be short, second, then third. Gotcha. Uh, we kind of kept him a little bit more up the, the middle. Um, I think that if given the opportunity, he'd be fine at third. Um, but I think that's the position that he's the least familiar with, in a sense. Um, but he's, he's special. He kind of gives yeah. you those Colton Wong-type vibes. Um, he's awesome. Yeah, don't want to limit that range anyway. <laughs> yep. We have a good question here from a listener about Ortiz. Um, Vivek, is there a specific thing that sets him apart as a shortstop, arm, glove, and range? It sounds from the way that you just described him that it's a little bit of everything, but is there yeah. one area in particular you think sets him apart? Um, He has a lot of pride. If I'm going to rank that in order, I mean, his arm is accurate and strong, you know, Uh his range, he has no fear about going to get balls. And I think that, like I said, one of the things that we really focused on this year was his angles to the baseball. And and he can get to everything, you know, deep left and right. But let's get to those balls as close to home plate as possible so then we make the throw easier. And, you know, let's let's challenge yourself. And, and there, was, there, was nothing, there was nothing there that he struggled with, but his glove is, is special. Um, he takes a lot of pride in catching the ball in the pocket every single time. And even when he's doing machine stuff off to the side during batting practice, I mean, he is, he is locking in on catching the ball in the pocket. And if there's one ball that he doesn't catch in the pocket, which didn't happen often, I mean, he, he kind of, he got a little pissed off about it and just wanted to be better. And, you know, I, I think that he challenged other guys to do the same. Um, but his, his glove is special. Um, and, and he's an all-around player defensively. We'll have more uh, conversation with Tim in a minute, but first a message from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL playoff picture is locked in and my go-to place for wild-card round action It draft, is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road, road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 and free bets instantly. Plus, all new and exciting existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet on your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Will the Baltimore Ravens beat the odds and pull out a victory over the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend? I've got my money on the Ravens. It's six-and-a-half-point underdogs and feel pretty confident and making some extra casts this weekend. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code on the Verds. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code on the verge. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. So we're back now with Tim Dijon, the Orioles fundamental coach at AA Bowie last year. Um, and we're going to ask now about Cesar Prieto. And this is someone you talked about earlier. You have a strong working relationship with him. Um, we saw him kind of have some ups and downs offensively at Bowie after he got there from Aberdeen. But from the way you describe, it sounds like he really kept his focus. Um, what does he like to work with? And where do you expect him to maybe improve next season? Um, I, he, I mean, when he's working, he's working. He's, he's very serious about it. And uh, my favorite thing about him is you ask him to do something and he does it, you know, and, and I think that he really trusts the coaches in the organization uh, to lead him in the right direction for improvement. Um, defensively, uh, he had a very strong year at third base. Uh, he, he was, he was really good at third base. Uh, I would say in the future, you know, to increase the versatility that we talked about earlier, uh, more work at, at second base, you know, around the bag, feeding balls, uh, you know, feeds and pivots at second base. I think that, uh, for his versatility, that's probably really important. Um, and a little more power. Uh, a little more pop offensively, um, and and he knows that and he understands it. But he's he's a guy that's just very very grateful and and wants to make the best out of this opportunity. And he has a, a dream of of playing in the big leagues. And um, you know he he sent me some messages before that really hit home about how it's his dream and how it would you know impact his family so much. And you know you. You, you take things like that very, very serious, and and he goes out there serious every day, and and you just you try to lead him and match his energy and give him everything that he ha- that that you can to to help him get to where he needs to be. How hard is it for a guy like that to come to a new country and you know different climate, different you know whole culture, and did that does that uh, have any impact on his play in twenty twenty two, and maybe as he gets used to that, it could maybe make things more comfortable? Um, I mean, he talked about it sometimes, you know, as our relationship grew, he talked about missing his family a lot. Um, but I, I think that the guys really, really embraced them and saw that he's a genuine guy and, and really cares about contributing to the team. So I think the, uh, the longer that he was in Bowie, um, the more comfortable he became. Uh, asked a lot of questions about things. I, I know that Joey Ortiz really kind of took him under his wing and, um, and, and was there for him. And, and, you know, if you saw Joey on the road, you saw Prieto with him. Um, I think that him being acclimated and being here, you know, for a year now, I think he's a lot more comfortable and, and maybe that's one less thing that he has to worry about. And, uh, could give even more focus on the field. And I'm not saying that he isn't focused, but, you know, it's always a factor, you know, the adjustment to the country and everything else. But uh, he handled it very professional. And, and, and like I said, he's, he's very, very grateful uh, for this opportunity. And, and he works hard, hard, hard worker. So um, hopefully we're going to see a lot more growth from him in, in 2023. Earlier, you talked about Gunnar Henderson uh, in 2022, or geez, 2020, at the uh, looking like just a kid. And I think we have someone else in the system at the same position uh, that just came in with the number one pick last year, Jackson Holiday. Uh, do you expect to get to work with him at any point in Double A Bowie this year, or even if not, what what have you seen from him so far? Um, I I watched a lot of video pre-draft from him, and he's polished. You know, he, he's, he's very, very polished, and obviously he comes from a, a good baseball family. Um, and he's, he's big, and he's fast, and he's strong. Uh, and I really like the video I saw of him, you know, high school video, amateur video. But I saw some highlights and some clips of him in, in low A, and it was like, man, you know, this kid, this kid is um, – this kid's special. I mean, he's won one for a reason for sure. Um, I, I, I 
have been told that there's a possibility that he could get up here. I don't know, but I, I will be doing some uh, uh, some roving this year. Um, so I, I will work with him at some point and obviously definitely in spring training. So uh, he's he's everything that a 1-1 should be and probably more, to be honest. And I'm, I will tell you this, uh, I'm glad we took him. Me too. I'm, I'm really glad that we took him. So another player that I think really has popped on the radar as far as infielders goes, Frederick Ben Cosme. Um, he's a little raw on both sides of the ball at this point, but clearly he's making big strides. How much of him have you had a chance to see, and what are your thoughts on him defensively? Not much. I'll be honest. I haven't seen him as much as I probably would have liked to. I know that that is definitely a priority this spring training. And uh, with the different role that I'll be in uh, this upcoming season, I, I, I probably will have the chance to rove and work with him a little bit. Um, a lot of tools there, a lot of raw tools. That's the, the common uh, language associated with him. And um, you want to keep that athleticism and just refine it a little bit. You know, add some fundamentals, but never take away uh, an infielder's athleticism. Uh, so that would that would be the, probably the the focus that I would say coming into going into this new season is just I don't want to continue to use the word polishing, but polishing a player. You know, a um, little bit more fundamental while having that explosiveness and and flair and athleticism. I'm excited about this roving position. This just means uh, more guys for you to talk to us about next time you come on. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, something that, that uh, happened a little over a month ago. And um, I, I'm very appreciative of, of the, uh, the coordinator title and, and, you know, definitely very humbling. And um, I, I, I can't thank the Orioles enough for the opportunities that they've given me. and, and um, Man, I'm gonna tear up. <laughs> uh, the just the trust and and the the responsibility that they've given me and, and players that they've entrusted me with, and um, it, it it definitely means a lot to me and, and something that I take serious. And um, I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure. And and I'm gonna absolutely do my best for the organization. Yeah, that is awesome. So. There are some big time defenders of Colin Burns who continually tell us we are too low on him. And rumor is he's balking up over the off season, adding some power to his game. Are we sleeping on him and about to find out in 2023? I think we're all going to find out uh, because he's a guy that you, you look at and you're like, okay. And then he makes some plays and you're like, man, where'd that come from? And he's starting to, grasp some of the concepts that we've talked about uh i didn't have i worked with him in spring training um a little bit and didn't really have the chance to work with him during the year uh, i know they did a good job of challenging him and, and working with him and in, in high a uh mercado and that staff um but i i watched some video here and there and he he's he's definitely getting bigger that's for sure and defensively, I think he's challenging himself and, and grasping some new concepts. Um, and he's one of those guys that just might sneak up on everybody, you know. And, and I think we have a lot of guys in that organization. And, and, a, and a good thing is, you know, we're so loaded in the minor leagues that sometimes guys get overshadowed. And I think he's going to surprise some people because he's pretty good. He definitely has some tools in there for sure. Yeah, we've talked a lot about guys that can play middle infield and third base tonight, but we haven't focused a lot on first base, which we know can cost you uh, some defense, maybe even a little bit overlooked sometimes. So in your mind, if you had to look at the whole organization, some first basemen you've worked with, who do you think would kind of pass that test as this could be a really good defensive first baseman to major league level? Oh, man, Andrew Dashbach. Uh, he's, I, I think last time around the show, I said he was probably the most improved defender. Um, man, he, he, I mean, he had all the infielders that we had in Bowie and 
he was there last year for a majority of the games at first base, and he took his defensive serious because he knew, and, and this is what's great about him. I love him. And this is what's great about him is he knew that every day that he worked, he wasn't just working for himself. He was working for those other guys. You know, he would <laughs> he, we had some fun. He used to he used to talk some trash to Joey and he said, Hey, I'm not getting my work in for me. I'm getting my work in for Joey Ortiz when, you know, he he short hops me, you know, those bad throws over to first and <laughs> the dynamic was great. He he's He's really, really good defensively and a guy that, that, like I said, just takes so much pride and one of the most improved guys and a uh, guy that I had a little bit the year before, T.T. Bowens. Um, uh, work, he's another guy that works really, really hard in his defense, and I, I, I hope that I get the opportunity to, to work with him this year. Um, but th those two guys defensively are, are the guys that I've worked with the most, and they're really, really good, especially especially Dash. I mean, I, I his work ethic is unmatched, and he just really, really cares about his defense. And and like I said, not only for himself, but for all those other guys, you know, across the diamond uh, that that he knows he can have an impact on their career as well. And and I really appreciate that. Uh, last question for me: Looking down the line, it doesn't look like the Orioles are ever going to run out of talented infielders. You just look at a. Delmarva, even the FCL and the DSL, it's just loaded with talented guys. You know, we haven't seen them yet ourselves watching on MILB TV or, or in person, but just the scouting reports you read, these guys are just filled with talent. And even Adam Crampton, who was just drafted last year, how pleased are you with the direction of the team and the, the promise of an elite talent pipeline being fulfilled? Oh, God. No questions asked about that. Um, I, I had a really, really cool opportunity this year. Um, few days before the draft, I went to Camden and they sent me a bunch of video on some infielders, um, you know, for the draft. And I sat in the, in, uh, in Camden with, you know, the, the entire front office and, and Elias and the scouting department. And we went over these infielders and, um, they know what they're doing, man. They, <laughs> they really, really know what they're doing. And, I, I, I oh, I, I am not worried whatsoever. I, I am. I have no doubt. I have all the faith in the world in our front office and scouting department. Um, absolutely, you know. And and you you couple that with uh, you know the coaches that we have in this organization that are uh, either experienced coaches or they're they're young and eager to get better. And we're we're in a good spot. Um, yeah, they they just keep. And they can draft as many infielders as they want. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never, I'll never tell them no. Give me them all. Give you, give us all as many infielders as, as possible. And it's fun. It, it makes for such competitive atmosphere, and um, it just pushes the envelope. And and guys like it. Is you know, I never heard one guy complain like, oh, another infielder. You know, they bring it on. And, and that's kind of like that, that mentality that, that we have is, let's see, let's find out. Let's find out who can do it and who can get it done and let the best man win at each position. And we're only all going to get better. We're all going to get better because of it. Yeah, our next T-shirt might have to be that Eve Rosenbaum quote that I keep going back to. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles are a player development powerhouse. Uh, she's awesome. I love Eve. Yeah. She is <laughs> She is awesome. She was definitely one of the people that were there at, at Camden that day. And uh, she's awesome. And it's funny in spring training, uh, she'll stay after some drills and she'll like want to do the drills and, Hey, explain what you're doing here. And, and her, her mind is definitely different in, in the best way. And uh, so shout out to Eve as well. Yeah. We'd love to talk to her at some point on here. Oh, she's, she's fun. She's awesome. So my, my last question, we like to hear from the players what they want to accomplish going into the new season. We want to hear that from you. What are you looking to accomplish in your new role and your work with players next season? Um, you know, I, I don't I don't really I don't really set a goal in a sense. You know, I I, I want to be the best infield coach that I could possibly be. I want to be the best that there is. So 
I could give the most to the organization and give the most to the players. So my goal would be to improve as many players as possible and to have consistent energy every single day and for myself to never take a day off and, and never shortchange a player. Uh, that's very, very important to me. Um, it, it, it sucks sometimes because the players get promoted and you're like, man, I'm going to miss working with that guy. Uh, but the best part about it is there's more coming. Um, so I, I, I don't really think of it. I, I just want to be the best that I could be so I could, I can help develop players the best that I can. And, um, to get as many guys to the big leagues as possible, uh, or, or help in that, help in that process. And, to be honest, whatever the organization asks me to do, I'm going to do. And wherever I'm needed, I'm going to be. I'm going to be predominantly in Bowie this year, uh, which I love. But starting from the minute I report to spring training until whenever the season's over, I, I just want to give everything that I absolutely have every single day to, to the Baltimore Orioles organization and the players within it. From our perspective, whenever your name is mentioned, when we're talking to a player or anyone, they light up. So that, that seems to say a lot. So thank you. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm humbled by that. And that's something that, uh, that means a lot to me and something that I've, I say it all the time. It's at the top of my Twitter. They want to know how much you care or they want to know how much you, you care before they care how much, you know, um, and, and I think building good relationships with not only the infielders, everybody in the organization is very important. And um, I, I appreciate that, uh, that you guys said that. And, and I love coming on here to talk about our guys and let's do it again next, uh, next spring. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Thank you so much for joining us again, Tim. All right. Thank you guys. I appreciate you. Go O's. Yep. Go That's O's. Right. <laughs> Tim DeJohn, see a, a uh, coach in the Baltimore Orioles organization. And we're going to get into some quick transaction news here before we sign off tonight, which is that Chris Valamon, after being designated for assignment last week as part of a uh, move that saw the Orioles acquire Ryan O'Hearn, uh, Valamont was DFA'd and has now cleared waivers and has been outrighted to AAA Norfolk. Uh, Bob, Nick, and myself are pretty high on Valamont, so it was – a little concerning to us last week when we thought that he may end up being claimed by another organization or possibly traded. Yet that did not turn out to be the case. He'll uh, now be outrighted to AAA Norfolk and probably be part of the Tide starting rotation next season. So, Bob, what are your thoughts on this development? Yeah, I guess, you know, as we get closer to spring training and, and teams have made roster moves left and right all winter long, maybe – Orioles made that calculation that, hey, this is the time we can sneak him through waivers. And luckily it worked out because, spoiler alert, I think he was, what, number 38 on our top 50 that we're rolling out. And we had to do some, uh, if he gets claimed, here's who would take his place at the bottom. So, uh, yeah, I'm thrilled that he he made it through. He's got really good stuff and, you know, maybe a long shot that he ever can harness that. But this team has developed some pitchers that have had control issues in the past, in the recent past. And, uh yeah, if, if that happens, he can at least be a nice multi-inning reliever or a seventh-inning guy with his big arm. So, And still an outside shot as a as a starter. As you mentioned, he'll probably start in AAA Norfolk's rotation. So, yeah, absolutely thrilled that he's still with the team and, and doesn't have to be removed from our list. Completely agree. And I think at first glance, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to be major league ready early in the season. Um, and I think it's clear that he still has some things in Norfolk that he needs to work on. But positive that we saw the walks really did not go up that had been an issue for him in the twins organization um the walks didn't go up to AAA last year and he still managed to be you know to have some moments of success so hopefully after a few months he makes the adjustment and could be a guy that fits in with the Orioles somewhere yeah absolutely and and if uh if there's any silver lining that he's off the 40-man roster it's said hey you can really just focus on developing him and, and not have to you know, bring him up if you need an arm just because he's on the 40-man. You know, he, they can really just totally focus on what they need to do to get him to improve. So before we wrap up tonight, I mean, Tim Dijon, we always know that he's going to bring a lot of good insight when he's on the show and a lot of good energy. Um, 
great discussion with him tonight. And I think there were a lot of big takeaways from the interview. So, Bob, what were your thoughts? I'm just still – we've been covering this team now for, I think, be three years in, in a month or two. I, I'm just still in disbelief how – how much it's changed since uh, Elias and company t- came over and Tim Dijon is a huge part of that. And he's always an awesome interview, but just the talented players that they've quickly been able to get into the system and the way they've been able to develop them offensively, defensively. It's just, it's weird to say, but I have faith in this team. <laughs> that is definitely not something we've been able to say uh, for most part in, in the past, since I've been a uh, follower of the team. So yeah, great interview. A lot of great players we talked about and, I'm excited to hear his takes on some more guys uh, this time next year or even sooner if we can get him on just talking about the Ben Cosmes of the world, maybe Isaac DeLeon and, and some guys even lower than that. Yeah, absolutely. And Bob, Nick, and myself will have continued coverage here. And a little bit of offseason we have left. We are getting close to spring training now in mid-February when pitchers and catchers report. Um, before our show next week, make sure to visit BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com for – all of the latest coverage on the playoff-bound Ravens as well as the Orioles, college sports, and more. Hop on the message board while you're there to join discussion with fellow readers of the site as well as contributors. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at BSL on the Verge. And if you sign up for our Patreon community between now and about mid-February, you can join in on our countdown of our top 50 prospects list. We are really just getting started. Um, We're in the 30s right now, so still a lot left in our countdown. A lot of insight from Bob, Nick, and myself on our list and the players on it. So be sure to join in on that for as little as $3 a month. Um, Definitely look forward to delivering exclusive content to our patrons throughout this season. Thanks again to Tim Dijon for joining us on tonight's episode. For Bob Phelan and Nick Stevens, this is Zach Spedden. You've been listening to On The Verge. That'll do it for this week's episode of On The Verge. Be sure to check out our Patreon page where you can help show your support for the show and get bonus content, including monthly top 50 updates to our prospect list and daily game recaps during the season and much, much more. This summer, you need clothes that you can wear anywhere. For that, look to American Giant t-shirts, shorts, jeans, and sweatshirts. American Giant makes everything in the USA, so when you buy, you create jobs and improve local communities all across the country. Shop summertime closet staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com with promo code WA23. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.